Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick, 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 Rick and Morty. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I feel like I said the entire beginning part kind of weird, but you didn't seem to hesitate, so I guess I didn't. It was just you said head. the words. So I said I said words. I don't know if I said them <laughs> weird though. <laughs> eh, it's all good. I've had probably too many beers to start the podcast at this point already. So yeah, yeah. So we're back. <laughs> I don't. I never know how to like get this going other than saying like we're back. Um, but yes, we are back. Um, and it is the first episode of the month, but because Stephanie did two binge or two uh, music corners, we're gonna yes. go with binge watch update. Yes, uh, this week, and then the next episode we'll do music corner, and she'll do two more in a row, and then hopefully that'll get us back to like where we usually are. Maybe um, we'll we'll see. We may still be screwed up for a while. We'll find out. Yeah, we probably will be. Um, we're gonna fuck around last... and find out. <laughs> fuck around and find out. Um, <laughs> uh, the last it's been what like. T- two months probably three months at this point since i've given an update um and there's a bunch of shows i've watched i can only remember maybe 20 percent of them <laughs> but the ones i really want to talk about are ted lasso and dave um ted lasso is available on apple tv um oh wait and mythic quest <laughs> oh, also mythic. available on apple tv essentially i got access to apple tv through my boyfriend and um, have been watching all of the shows on it, and, and surprisingly, like Apple TV has some solid offerings um, of shows to watch. Uh, Ted Lasso is the first one I'm going to talk about. It's about a um, an American man who is Jason Sudeikis um, going to England to coach a soccer team, football as they call it there, mm-hmm. and he has no experience coaching soccer. He is like a natural American football coach, um, and the first season's kind of like explains why he's out there and is like um kind of going into like his learnings of the culture and um of the team and the sport and there's like a little dark side going on to it but uh I don't know the characters are so likable um like Ted and Mm -hmm. like Roy and pretty much every character in the show is very likable even when they're like shitty they're still really likable um and it's a very like light-hearted like sweet like cute show that really makes me want to live in england (laughs) of course um the other the next show is called dave um it's about little dicky um it's sort of like that's what that show is about yeah it's sort of like a bio like a semi autobiographical um fictional fictionalization of his life um but it's about little dicky whose name is dave um and it's it's really interesting because it's like kind of ridiculous and Dave um, basically thinks he's like a genius um, rapper mm-hmm. and it's about him like trying to make it big and like show the world his genius and like as a you, there's a point where you're just like okay like you're just like you're having a god complex but then when he like yeah. does freestyle when he does rap it's really good okay. um, so it kind of follows that and it talks a decent bit about mental health. Um, like one of the characters are bipolar and some of the most emotional episodes are really like the, the deepest episodes are about like mental health. 
Um, and it's something that you're not expecting out of a comedy show, but they touch on some like really serious topics in a very like really like a very good serious way without like making it too lighthearted. Okay. Um, so it's really enjoyable for that because it's like a comedy, but also kind of deep for a comedy. Um, and then Mythic Quest is, uh, <laughs> it follows Rob McElhaney, who is, oh my God, insanely hot. Um, and his <laughs> character is the creative director um, for this big like MMORPG game. Okay. Um, and it basically follows like him also thinking that he's like he's super narcissistic and thinks he's a genius, um, and it follows basically him, um, the uh, Rick, cricket, Ricket, cricket, cricket. That's the character they call him, Rickety Cricket. Yeah, Cricket from It's Always Sunny's in yeah. it. Um, and it follows like their way, like the interactions in like a game a big like video game company and like the main mm-hmm. developer is a, a woman um and it kind of follows like their power dynamic and um like how they're creating this game um mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's probably not a very good explanation of like the show <laughs> but the uh the interactions are really it's just it's really interesting as a female to watch like her like poppy the lead mm-hmm. um the lead developer who is also like an absolute genius um, struggle with, like, the male power dynamic that's around her mm-hmm. and, like, really fight for what she wants. Um, so, and it's, it's I mean, it's, it's pure comedy. Like, there's um, there's not too much seriousness in it, um, but it's just an enjoyable, like, lighthearted show to watch that is fun. That's cool. Both of those sound like a lot of fun, and I have not seen either of those. Yeah, Dave's on Hulu, um, and like I said, Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest are on um, Apple TV. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. So, uh, with that being done, let's get into the beer. Yeah, we're drinking drinking the same beer this episode, so uh, thanks, Lindsay, for going to pick this up for us. Um, We didn't buy this months ago. No, we didn't. It's very fresh. It's Um, super fresh. This is a beer called Mr. Me Sees from Humble Sea Brewing. Um, they're based in Pacifica and Santa Cruz, correct? Yes. So, yeah, obviously, so Bay Area. specifically came out of Santa Cruz. So, this is okay. before their Pacifica location reopened. Right, um, right, right. After closing for COVID. Uh, so I drove, there's a funny story behind this. I saw this advertised on their um, Instagram and was like, we need to get this. Let's do a themed episode and use this beer. It's only in Santa Clara. It's not in Santa, Santa Clara. Santa <laughs> it's Cruz. in Santa Cruz. Santa Clara is like 20 minutes away. Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz is, is very is almost, far away. Like two hours away. <laughs> I think. Uh, hour? I don't know exactly where. But that kind of gives you an indication. I don't know where yeah. Santa Cruz is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, okay. when I went to go pick it up. I was like, hey, do you want to come? Like, I asked Matt. I was like, do you want to go? We can go get dinner out there. And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, where are we going? I was like, Santa Clara. Uh, and I Santa Cruz? Map. He's like, that's not Santa Clara. <laughs> that's Santa Cruz. That's why we're driving an hour. <laughs> nice. So uh, this is a hop fused foggy triple ipa and if you're wondering the can actually does describe what hop fusion is it says hop fusion what the hell is it 
We've invented a supercharged mega gnar combination of hopping techniques blended with cutting edge hop products to create a hyper intense aromatic experience. It's the latest in hop technology and the results are beyond human comprehension. So that sounds like some marketing words. It also sounds like a surf bro, like wrote them. <laughs> wrote it sounds the like a surf bro that's also a marketing person that wrote the yeah. words. So this ale is infused with Nelson, Rewaka, Galaxy, and Mosaic hops. Yep. So, uh, and this is um, it's ten percent. Yeah, it's a it's a mere ten percent. Um, okay. And they call all of their hazies foggy. Yeah, because of the fog. In that, yeah, out in the bay, yeah. God, I'll, I'm not going to lie, though. I opened this maybe, like, a foot away from me, and I can smell it. Like, it's It's, it's very, it's got a hefty smell. It's very aromatic. It smells like gnar. <laughs> like shreds of gnar. So, um, I will also say, because we were on vacation before we did this episode, we actually went to that Pacifica location for Humble Sea when I was in the Bay Area. Yep. Humble Z is really cute. They're, yeah, they're their tap room beers. is cute. The outside is cute. Their artwork is cute. The bathrooms are cute. The bathrooms their beers are, so are really cute. good. Yeah, the bathrooms are really cute. All of their artwork. It's like yeah. their art person painted the bathrooms. It's yeah. very cool. I um, will say that their beers are also very like high ABV without tasting. Like they're super high ABV. They're very accessible. Yeah, you're right. They're very yeah. accessible and like taste wise. Even though it's like, oh, this is a triple IPA. It's like, holy yep. shit, this beer is 12%, but it doesn't taste like it. It's, no, it goes down it's super very light. easy. Um, and they also have like the wittiest names. The, <laughs> we got the puns the hey are so good. We got the Hey Narnold. Shreddy um, Mercury. Shreddy Mercury was another They one, had yeah. Shred Flanders in reference to The Simpsons. They had, mm-hmm. right after we were there, they had a Super Mario Brothers themed one yep. too. Yeah. They've got some good names. Whoever is making, coming up with these ideas needs to call us and name our episodes for us. We were joking that um, Humble Sea as a brewery, uh, as a combination of their brewing style and their funny pop culture themed pun names is very on brand for the podcast. Yeah, if you were to put us into a brewery, it would be this one with, like, the, the names. and yeah. With the names, the Agreed. concepts, the very cute aesthetic art. Yeah, yep. big fan. All right, so it's this one actually has a – it's not that it's a heavy mouthfeel. It's definitely, like, a little – I guess a me- – they call it a medium body. Yeah, is I how you that. would describe it. So it's um, – it. It feels a little bit heavier when you drink mm-hmm. it, but it but doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel like a tippa. Yeah. Me. Oh, no. It, this beer does not feel like it's 10% as you're drinking it. No. Um, I will say, with the amount of, like, different hops that are in there, I don't get a whole lot of each individual one. I mainly get Galaxy and Mosaic. I get the earthiness so I, out of I it. So I think that's something to do with this fusion technique that they use. By fusing the hops, they kind of blend together a little bit. Yeah, which I do kind of like, though. It feels very smooth and, like, well-balanced because of that. It's very smooth. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. It's very, like, the only heaviness I think I get from it is, like, from the maltiness of it being a triple. Yeah, so um, I'm reading their description a little bit more. And so it's really fun. 
if you go on like untapped or their website, it says aroma and flavor descriptors, mouthfeel descriptors, and then just rad details. <laughs> it also has like a warming, like, you know, that boozy warming sensation. I'm getting that. And I also get like, a too. nice level of sweetness. I like, feel I like the ex- warming in my chest when I drink I feel, it. I, it feels like I just took a shot of like more yeah, or something. Like, kind of, yeah. Um, it, it, it has a surprising level of sweetness. So like, I mm-hmm. would think that this would be more bitter and malty, but there is like a sweet um, aspect that's like hitting my tongue and that's like what I mainly notice. It almost reminds me of like marmalade sweetness where it's not like a sweet sweet, but it's got like a light sweetness to it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting there to be a sweetness in this. Yeah. I wasn't either, but this is really tasty. Yeah, I told you that. Like, we were talking about this recently, um, earlier today, I think. And I was like, it's weird because I thought I didn't like it at first, and then I've tried it again. I think I was just, like, drunk when I had the first, had it the first time. Um, because it's it's surprisingly good for a 10%. Like, you expect it to be so much harder hitting as a 10% and more you difficult to drink. You expect it to be a lot boozier, a lot thicker, a yeah. lot more overwhelming on the palate. But, man, this goes down easy for a 10% beer. Would agree. All right, do you have three words? I'm going to say smooth. Um, I'm going to say boozy. Like, in reference to the warming boozy feel. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say citrusy. Okay. I'm going to say smooth, silky, because I feel like it's... I like silky got, as a word, The too. texture is, like, really... Sm- yeah. Like, like, it's almost... It's silky. It's got, like, a, a, a thick, but, like, like Cody, not too mm-hmm. heavy texture. Um, and then malty. Yeah. Now sweet. No malty. Yeah. It does have a bit of a maltiness to it. You, it's like an oat malt that is, they use. Yeah, and I think the sweetness is just not so defining. And it, like, I'm afraid of saying sweet because it's going to sound like it's this is a, a sweet, sweet beer. beer. Yeah, but because it, it's not like a dessert stout sweet. It's yeah. like a like like you said a marmalade like yeah. balanced sweet. So I know that they use like an oat malt in it, and I'm almost wondering if that's where you get some of that creaminess from, because oat in beers typically makes a more creamy texture and that silky texture that you were describing. So I almost think that's where you get some of this from. No, I think you're right, because I feel like oat shaker, I've always said, is like a creamy, silky beer, and oat shaker is also like the malt is oat. I also would like to point out, and we'll post a photo of this can, obviously, to the social media it's Mr. Meeseeks riding a surfboard. He's like yep. on a bodyboard. It's like so cute. Board. It's so it cute. Really cute. It is. Um, and that kind of intros the episode because we're drinking a themed beer. We're talking Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick, 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 Rick and Morty. <laughs> So fun fact, um, I've heard that thing that like reference all over my TikTok feed, and I've never heard the song. No, it's a Soldier Boy song. song. I do know that. I know it's a Soldier Boy song, but I don't. uh, I am not familiar. It is oddly catchy. Well, that's good to know. All right, take us into. Take us into some history about Rick and Morty. All right. Doc so, and Marty, as Matt likes to call it. He calls it what? Doc. <laughs> he calls it Doc and Marty. 
Oh, well, we'll actually I know, come I around know. to I that. Just, it's, just, it's what he calls it. <laughs> so, for those unaware, Rick and Morty is an adult animation sci-fi style sitcom show. Um, it's created by Justin Roiland, who is well known for being a voice actor on shows like Adventure Time and Gravity Falls. And Dan Harmon, who we've talked about previously from working on Community, and he's also worked on, like, the Sarah Silverman program. Um, The show was first released in December of 2013, but Justin and Dan actually met when Justin got involved in Channel 101 out in L.A., which is a nonprofit um, short film festival out in L.A. that was created by Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub. Um, and it's got a lot of famous actors in it. And so it's got the, it's such a big, uh, show that they did every month where like Jack Black, Drew Carey, Flavor Flav, Bob Odenkirk, John Oliver, Tommy Wiseau, like a lot of really famous people. I also mentioned Tommy Wiseau because I love the room. Um, but a lot of really famous comedic actors have been heavily involved in this channel 101. So uh, Justin Roiland had created this uh, animated short called The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty, but it's spelt M-H-A-R-T-I, and it's meant to be a sick and twisted retelling of the adventures between Doc Brown and Marty McFly from Back to the Future, and um, it was used as a reference point, you know, several years after the concept to create the Rick and Morty show. Um, In 2013, when Dan Harmon was let go from the staff on Community, Adult Swim reached out to him and said, hey, we want to create this new hit comedy show. And originally, Dan Harmon was like, this isn't my style. Adult Swim's not for me. What do I know about adult animation, which was very popular at this time when that's what they kind of were trying to bring him on for. He uh, reached out to Justin Roiland, and Roiland pitched the adventures of Doc and Marty and said, what if we just change the characters' names to Rick and Morty? So Justin had kind of worked on this concept for several years and then just kind of fell together that they created the show. I think it's... I never kind of did the math about when... Dan Harmon was let go from community and like the, you know, the fourth community season or whatever, where it's like a completely different writing cast. I never really did the math of that timeline of like, oh shit, this is when Rick and Morty came out. Yeah. Yeah. You mean the gas leak year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting about Rick and Morty too is like the, the caliber of guest actors as you mentioned like um there's been like justin Roiland and dan Harmon have worked with such like a high caliber of like comedians and even before they were doing this show so they have well yeah i'm talking about outside the show oh yeah that they've like they've had they have such a large community around them that they've able been able to pull them into the show Mm -hmm. um and so like the show itself has so many cameos but like just like looking at the like the main characters, um, Chris Parnell, who is Doctor Spichemin in Thirty Rock, is Jerry. Um, is Jerry, and then Sarah Chalky 
uh, I think that's how you say it, um, who is, what's her name, in Scrubs? Elliot in Scrubs is Wait, Beth. what? Yeah. I never put two and two together there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Spencer Grammer, um, who is in the show Greek, <laughs> that's the only reason I know that, um, but it's like, it's Kelsey Grammer's daughter um, oh, okay. In summer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh for like the immediate characters in every episode. That's a pretty solid casting. Yeah, and like you don't rec- I didn't I didn't realize it until like I looked it up and was like, "Oh shit, yeah, that's absolutely." Like for example, um Chris Parnell, like I it was like Chris Parnell came to me, but he also yeah. has done a lot of other voice acting, so that's yeah. why I think that one stuck out. But now that you say that um it's Elliot from Scrubs. Yeah. I'm like, I can a hundred percent hear that. Yeah, no, same. Um, so we talked about like the, the beginning of it. I have a question. Sure. When did you, when was the first time you saw Rick and Morty? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I want to say, I don't think I got into Rick and Morty until season two. And I honestly think that Steve convinced me to watch it. And I I didn't even know it existed. Because season two came out in like 15, late 2014, early 2015. I think that's when we got into it. And I feel like we just kind of casually watched it. But I know... We like went back and rewatched it all after we went to Austin City Limits in 2017 mm-hmm. because they did the Szechuan sauce McDonald's yeah. thing in 2017, and it happened to be the weekend we were at ACL. So like we went back and rewatched the whole thing shortly after that. Yeah, I think I, I think I also started at season two. Like I started watching it in season two, mm-hmm. but I think I don't think I started at season two. I started at season one when season two was airing. Um, I think we similar... watched season two before we watched season one. Oh, I think I watched season one before I watched season two. Um, and I can't remember exactly how. I think my brother in law like got me and my ex into it, and then we watched mm-hmm. it because I remember. Like, I remember after watching it, like, uh, being obsessed with it and loving it, and then there was, like, a two-year break before another season came. And I remember that. So yeah. So I, I think that was between two and three. Yeah, because I remember, I, f- maybe my brain doesn't understand the concept of time, but is season three not Pickle Rick, or is that season four? I think that's season three. Okay, hold on. We have the internet. I'm literally in front uh, of Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm on their <laughs> Wikipedia right now. I can find it. Yeah, I have a computer in front of me. I don't know why I'm just saying this into the void. Uh, Season three. Okay, so, um, yeah, so that was, what, 18? 17. 17 when season three came out. Okay. Mm -hmm. That came out in 17. So, I vividly remember getting, like, I had watched it, and then I kind of forgot about the show, and then obviously it took, what, two almost two years for season three Mm -hmm. to come out and then season three came out and i feel like my entire experience with the show got completely reinvigorated and it's i also think season three is when a lot of like the fandom of or like the mainstream part of like 
Rick and Morty kind of came to fruition. Yeah, like I would agree. I feel like first two seasons were a little bit unknown, and then season three is when like I started to notice it everywhere. With like yeah, season three happened, and then there was like a pop up for Rick and Morty. Well, and I was like, actually going to talk about the we did the replay pop up. Yeah, that was their very first pop up. Right. And I think that was 2017, if not I think so, too. I, I thought think it was 2018. I think it was set, I think it was 17, because also in 2017, um, well, I'm jumping ahead, but um, I went and saw the Rickmobile in Logan Square, because the Rickmobile was like this, you know, it's like the Oscar Mayer mobile, but it's Rick. And yeah. they drove around the country, and me and Steve went and saw it in Logan Square, Mm-hmm. And that was fall of 2017. It was right before season three would have come out or right around that time. But I mostly remember um, at the, we went to that pop-up bar and they oh, played God. the Pickle Rick song. That's exactly that, the only thing. When Whenever you say Pickle Rick, I immediately think, I'm Pickle Rick Morty. Pickle Rick Morty. I turned myself into a pickle. That's literally what I think about. We... We went to Canada that same winter, and we played that song so many times. (laughs) Yeah, our friends hate us. I know. Confirmed. The pop-up bar was January of 2018. Oh, okay. So season three was already out at that point. Or parts of season three were already out. If not the whole thing. Although I'm looking at what we're wearing, and it doesn't seem very wintry, so we might have, like, held off. Um, I definitely think that i just took my coat off for that photo so i remember it being right before yeah but i'm we wearing a tank top i think you took your jacket off okay okay i trust you that was a whole story about how we got into rick and morty <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it is <laughs> um, that uh pop-up bar had fire music it was all like rick and morty themed <laughs> it was really weird <laughs> like oh i found a i found a playlist of rick and morty songs <laughs> We just just played it all the time. A couple things I think are also important to note about the show, about the philosophy and the comedic style. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dan Harmon, when he was helping to write the show, um, took a lot of inspiration from British comedy and that's the storytelling behind British comedy, where it's, you know, a few episodes in each episode, it's full episode arc. It's not like some long extending series. He -hmm. took inspiration specifically from the original television series, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and shows like Doctor Who. Um, I've also seen the show described as, it's in air quotes, a never ending fart joke wrapped around a studied look into nihilism. And obviously nihilism being the concept that like our life is meaningless in the greater scheme of things. Knowledge is impossible because there's so much more beyond you, Mm -hmm. which is a very good representation of Rick as a character. And like the, our entire understanding of our reality versus the realities. I say realities that are created within the show because they even Mm -hmm. make a reference to like, the larger reality yeah. within well, how we they appear purposely ourselves. make it confusing too about like oh totally because they talk about the different realities they purposely make it confusing about like are you actually looking like watching the same Rick and Morty that you've always been watching like yeah one of the most recent seasons talks about how like how every Rick 
has a decoy, yeah, like Rick and family, and then like those decoys like have families, and it's like there's a point where like I don't even know like what's real anymore. <laughs> there's so many different, and we were. It's funny because we recently did the Marvel episode. There's so many variants of Rick mm-hmm. and. Um, right the, and the like Smith that's family. a plot point yeah um and it's like they're not that there's an overarching plot because like there's i could you could it, argue that there is an overarching plot and it's the like the overarching plot is rick and morty's adventures but then there is like another one where it's like morty for president where there's like an evil morty yeah but they never talk about that but that is like no. the only like connected plot line is that they killed themselves, took over a plot line, and then, like, whatever's spawning off of that. But, like, you're never really clear what's coming from that. And you're never really clear, like, like if it's a cause-effect or, like, if these are even the same two Rick and Mortys that you're watching. Right. And they even make self-referential references to the point of, like, oh, shit, I killed off Morty. We have to go move into this timeline where Morty... Yep. Rick's Morty can take over the existence of the Morty that they accidentally killed. And they bury right. the other Morty. Exactly. They, they do that with the entire family. I do enjoy their self-referential episodes, though. Like, was it season four, I think, last year during COVID? They filmed an entire, essentially, like, COVID episode in the very beginning. Um, let me see. It was... And it wasn't even a COVID episode, but it was, like, a... Like, a reference to COVID. A reference um, to a disease. No, it was, like... Let me see. It was... It was the first episode I... Believe, no. It was the never-ending Rick Morty. It was the story train, which they used as, like, a literal story device for an anthology. Um, But they used it as, like, a... like a a reference to our consumerism that was happening during um, the early parts of COVID the early part. Yeah. And like, there was a point where he like literally says, nobody's out there shopping with this fucking virus. And it like came out in May when it aired and like things shut down in March. So they like, I believe they filmed this and like, and they recorded this in like a couple weeks. Mm. Yeah. Is what um, I think I read about it. Yeah, they do. What's really interesting about the entire writing process for this show, even if you look back to the very beginning, I think I read somewhere that they wrote the entire pilot in six hours. Because yeah. Justin Roiland says he's such a bad procrastinator that if they left for the night, they would never finish. Yeah. So he said they had to sit there in one sitting and write the whole concept. I think it's interesting to talk about that because they've also said they have so much content yeah, that they, like, plan on doing. And, like, looking at the seasons, there's been big gaps between them. So there was that gap until 2017 mm-hmm. between th- uh, two and three. And then between three and four, there was a two-year gap as well. And it was because they both wanted, like, reassurance that they would be kept on for a long period of time. Yeah. Because they were just getting renewed season by season and they wanted to spend more time on the show that was blowing up. That they wanted right. like a larger contract and they wanted to be uh, renewed for more episodes than like what they were getting. Because I think they were getting like 10 episodes at a time. So um, 
uh, Adult Swim announced I think in like 2018 that they had renewed them for 70 episodes over like however many seasons they wanted to do it in. Yeah. And that's like, then the, I remember when the, that annou- was announced, it was after season three and I was like, I guess they have 70 episodes worth of shit that they plan on doing. Like I didn't, least, I, was like, I don't yeah. even know how they keep going because it's, it's such a, an interestingly like produced and written show that I was shocked that they had that much content. So I've got a couple like favorite episodes. Um, I thought it would be fun to chat through some of both of our just like favorite episodes from over the years. Okay. Fun fact. If you start Googling um, best Rick and Morty episodes, it immediately tries to autocorrect it to best Rick and Morty episodes to watch one high. I'm not surprised. Fun fact. I'm not surprised. Um, what are your favorite episodes? Um, well, one actually is very relevant to the beer we're drinking. So it's Me Seeks and Destroy. Mm-hmm. Which is the episode where um, you meet Mr. Meeseeks. Jerry had a golf. I think that one's really funny right now, especially because that sound on TikTok is being used of like, well, he roped me into this. Well, he roped me into this and he roped me into yeah. this. Like, I think that's a really funny sound whenever I hear it on TikTok. Um, also, I... The entire concept of Mr. Meeseeks being existence is pain and they just oh, want to die. It's so funny when they're just like, I just want to die. Um, um, my other, that's a good episode. Um, one of my favorites yeah. is Get Schwifty. I have watched that one like countless times and it's just so funny. Is that the one where they sing show the song? Show me what you got. It's like, show yeah. me what, yeah, show me what you got. Yeah. Um, I also said Total Rickall. That's because you have the game. Which is the one. Yeah. But um, that's the episode where they're mm-hmm. all being like plagued and there's a bunch of like mm-hmm. viruses and the viruses are taking. Or, that's, or it's the viruses. one with Mr. Poopy Butthole where they're like the viruses are taking the form they're all of t- them and a, they don't know who. The aliens are taking the form of various yeah. people and they're like trying to remember if these people have been in their lives the whole time. So there's like. Sleepy yeah. Gary, uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yep. Um, there's Ape, There's the Abraham Lincoln yeah. guy. There's the Pennsylvester. Mm-hmm. There's the giraffe. There's all these characters that are just aliens that have been, like, eating yep. them. And the aliens are taking the form of these characters. They're trying to say, oh, we've been in your right. life Right, and then, like, time. when they think about you it, they're like, this? I don't remember you. Um... And the only one, the, the entire concept is the only people that you have bad memories yes. of are the ones that are real. And that's they why kill Mr. Poopy uh, Beth shoots yep. Mr. Poopy Butthole. He's like, I'm so sorry you don't have any bad memories of me. <laughs> he was not an alien. <laughs> no, he's not Mr. an alien. Poopy Butthole. Um, I also enjoy the interdimensional cable episodes where they're like flicking through the channels um because it's just like mm-hmm. in the, the is that the one where jerry is in cloud atlas yeah well it's it's just like super in anth- and like thology like they're just clicking through things um but they're just like a fun episode Ooh, well the the main one of the interdimensional cable interdimensional cable that i find really hilarious is there's so many like um 
like the the original mm-hmm. episode. There's a lot of really fun advertisements. Yeah. So there's like the doors. Yep. There's the ants in my eyes guy. Um. There's the eye holes guy that's like eating the mm-hmm. eye holes. There's a lot of like really fun standout characters in that particular episode. Yep. Um, and then the purge episode is really funny to me. Uh, when they are like on a separate another planet, and it, like it takes place during like it's like the purge during the planet's yeah. purge. And yeah. the funniest thing to me though is just like Rick yelling, <laughs> "You just purged! I can't believe you just purged!" And like referring to it as purging instead of like killing someone. Yeah. Um, I mean, in general, looking at it, season two is such a strong season because it has like season two is really pretty good. much all of the episodes we talked about are in season two. Except um, so the other episodes I was going to talk about are both in season yeah. two as well. Um, so the Morty Night Run, which is the episode with Blips and Chips, where they put Jerry, they're playing the game, mm-hmm. and they put uh, Jerry into the. Um, like the home for the Jerry's. Uh-huh. But that episode always makes me laugh because um, they're trying to. Uh, I can't even say the, the character's name. So. Chromopolis Michael is trying to be an assassin for a character that's like a gaseous mm-hmm. cloud and they end up just calling him Fart. And then Fart sings is obviously uh they're trying to get fart back to his race through a wormhole and um fart ends up his be uh being the bad guy and his plan is to uh cure all the carbon-based life forms in the universe and then he sings a Mm -hmm. song and it's just jermaine clement from flight of the concords Um, so I put that as one of them. Also, like, the blips and chips thing is hilarious. And then I also said a Rickle in Time, which is season two, yep. episode one. And that's the one where, you know, they had stopped time in order to clean the house at the end of season one yep. so that they could clean the house before Beth and Jerry get back. And then they end up creating multiple mm-hmm. timelines. So there's, like, these time ver- authority guys and one's name is Schlee My Pants. And that's Jordan yeah. Peele. So Key and Peele are the two, like, space uh, investigators. And one is literally, his name is just Schlee My Pants. Yeah, season two. The other one does not have a name, but Schlee My Pants is season the other two one. It's just a very good season because it has. Um, it's really the good. must be crazy, which is like, that's the one where. Um, Rick's battery is like a microverse. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, is that the one where they keep going in the microverse and they're like, oh, we created yes. our own microverse and then we created our own yeah. microverse? That's definitely like a nihilistic mm-hmm. concept. Um, that one's a fun episode too. And then I think the wedding squanchers uh, is the one where Bird Person's getting married. And that one's also a really fun episode. So, Bird Person was introduced at the end of season one, right? And then you find that's the episode where you find out that Bird Person's getting married to Tammy, who's like a secret agent and is trying to kill Bird Person. Yeah. But they're like actually in love. Right. 
so many of these episodes are just so weird. I I don't even know the name of it, but I think it's I think it's season three. They did the Mad Max episode. Yes. Um, and that's that's the TikTok sound that's going around right now. Oh, what is the one? They're like he's the devil. Well, at least he has a the devil has a job. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember. That's Childrick of Mort. I think. Well, no, I don't think that is true. That's, um, that's not true. Fuck, what episode is that one called? Rick Mansing the Stone. It is season three. Um, do you have any other episodes you want to talk about? Because I feel like we talked through all of I feel like every episode we talked through is, like, season two. Yeah, um... (laughs) I haven't finished season five, so I can't talk a whole lot. I don't think season five's done yet, so like I'm watching season five as it goes it's not. right now. It'll be done this week. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I, but so I've only watched we're, like, two or three episodes in it. I'm like super behind. I want. I think to I've wait only seen done to three. Just, like, watch all of it. Yeah. So this season there was the really weird episode where they. I don't even remember the plot line. But it turns out that there's like a uh, Morty has been masturbating using Beth's horse masturbator thing. I don't know what episode that is. And then it, it's one of the first ones. That's not. And so. That's not the first or the second episode. I've only watched the first He created this like, this alien species is like obsessed with like Morty's sperm and they want to use his genes to like take over the world, and then it turns out that like Morty and Summer end up having she gives her eggs to like the government's version of it, and then they end up having like a weird incest baby that's like out in space somewhere. It's that is not. It's referenced all throughout that's season not five. Episode. I've only seen the first two episodes, so that's the third one, I guess. That's one of the first episodes. No, the first episode is. Um, the one where Morty is, like, gonna have a date with Jessica, but then he has to keep going, like, to this other world to get wine, and, like, accidentally kills someone's father, and they, like, are evolving through society, like, trying with him as the, like, enemy number one. Um, and then the second one is the squid one with, like, the decoy families and the decoys having decoys oh then maybe it is episode three yeah i've seen that episode so thanks for that spoiler (laughs) the weird incest baby comes up a lot season five and then um there's another fun episode season five where they're making references towards like the power rangers and like the megazord and they keep they all have ferrets like every single person has a ferret machine and it's like how many megazords can you build and how many megazords can combine to do a bigger one and it's all just ferrets and then they have like anime characters coming in being like you stole our ferrets and it's like a whole idea about cultural appropriation yeah i feel like season 
five. I haven't finished. Season four was not nearly as strong. That was like the season that came I out. I don't last remember year. a lot of season four. It just it wasn't doesn't as strong. Nothing sticks out the to me. The only episode I really remember is that train one. Um Oh, the train one was. That's the fun. only episode I really, really remember. Um and season three I had Pickle Rick and then the Mad Max were romancing the stone. I love Pickle Rick. That Pickle Rick episode is hilarious. Dude, it's so, it's so random, too. That's why it's so funny. It's it doesn't even no. make any sense. That's one of my favorite things about Rick and Morty in general is because it's this based off of this like English style mm-hmm. of humor where things don't need to connect to one another and everyone just accepts that like, oh, things happened in between yeah. the episode where the episode doesn't have to connect to the last one. Where it gives so much opportunity for like weird nonsensical yep. humor that's so funny. And I think that's what's interesting is that some of our favorite episodes are these standalone ones that don't have anything to do with mm-hmm. anything other than like it started in the middle of this and this is just a nonsense episode. Um, and that's like I think the fun yeah. part is that like they do this so often that they just have nonsense episodes that are like standalone extremely funny. The only other one that thinks out, like, episode-wise, through that I can think of, that really stands out is, I don't know what it's called, but it's the one where Rick is, like, young Rick. Uh Uh-huh. It's the, let me out, let me out, this is not a dance, I'm begging for help, I'm screaming for help, please come let me out. Yep. Um, so we talked about our favorite episodes, um... I think it's weird to talk about your favorite character with a show because there's so f- many characters, but I thought it would be a f- more fun conversation to talk about our favorite, like, one-off characters that appear in, like, a couple okay. of episodes or one episode. I was going to ask you what constitutes a one-off. Is it, like, a single or, like, just not a main character? Okay. Not a main character. So what's your favorite side character? Because um, there's a lot. I have I a lot. Say, I have more than one. Um, yeah. No, but that. I, that's why it's a discussion, yeah. right? Um, I mean, I love Mr. Meeseeks. I think the entire concept of Mr. Meeseeks is hilarious. Yeah. That's one of mine. Um, I also really like... <laughs> I like Schlee My Pants. Okay. <laughs> Which I hate saying, but like the those like I I almost said Time Variance Authority. That's a different <laughs> it's a different TV show. But those like space agents that are trying to control the timeline, like where it's it's Key and Peel, mm-hmm. I think are hilarious. Um, I love Snowball. It's uh, the dog. The dog. Yeah. Um, big fan of Snowball. That's a really funny episode, too. I actually, now that, that I think episode, about it. Yeah, where, agreed. Where they have, uh, obviously, all I can think of with that episode is he's like, where are my balls, Summer? <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I would like to call Pickle Rick. A one-off. I can call Pickle Rick a one-off character. If we're gonna call Rick variants a one-off, though, then also Tiny Rick. Uh, 
Tiny Rick's good. Um, I like Scary Terry. I do like Scary Terry a lot. Um, that's another really fun episode where they keep doing the Inception style thing and they end up going in Scary Terry. Mm-hmm. According to the internet, uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole is the number one favorite side character, and then number two is Scary Terry, and then number three is Mr. Meeseeks. I think that order makes sense. And then number four is Snowball slash Snuffles. And then it's Bird Person. Yeah, I like Bird Person a lot. Oh my god, I forgot about this character, Ice Tea. <laughs> oh my god, where he becomes Water Tea. <laughs> and he's like so in a world of ice, stupid. and they exiled him to the world so of ice. And he's like, he evolves to become Water Tea. It was so stupid, but it was so funny, the inclusion of Ice Tea. <laughs> Who is your favorite of the main characters in rick and morty i'm curious because i just want to find out um there's a reason i have this opinion but it's summer i would like to know the okay i would Um, like to hear the reason too summer because she's so apathetic and it's just like whatever that like i vibe hardcore with that it's like got a very like like daria feel to her character I love Daria, so um, I get that. And then yeah. she like, gets involved when she wants to, but she, mostly she's just like, whatever, I'm going to be in my room. And I relate to that. Uh, I think my favorite character is Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bad opinion, but it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I shouldn't him so much. I feel bad for him, but also like he deserves it. I do too. I know. So in this newest season, there's an entire episode that's themed around Hellraiser. And it's those, like, pain demons from Hellraiser. And they're just hanging out with, like, Rick and Jerry. And they get the pain from seeing uh, Jerry's embarrassment. (laughs) And they're like, oh, pain is pleasure. But then pleasure is pain. And then, like... The pleasure is pain again, and the pain is the pleasure. It's like this whole like cyclical yeah. thing, but like by seeing how awkward and uncomfortable and like how painful it is to watch yeah. Jerry, they're like getting off right on it. because like the Hellraiser characters have like created have experimented so hard that like the pain and pleasure are like not discernible for them anymore. Right, but the, this entire the, 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 this particular episode in this new season is meant to be like to the extreme, right. where they're like, "Oh, this is painful, so it's pleasurable," which means it's painful, which means it's pleasurable. It's like it's like this whole like circle going around and around and around about like the pain that Jerry's going through. Yeah. I think we can both agree that neither of us have said Rick is our I favorite character. I like Rick as a character. I think, like, he's meant to be who he is, but he's not my favorite, and nor is Morty. Like, Morty actually is kind of annoying to me sometimes. Morty's he's really so annoying. Morty, I don't like, like Morty. It, just, it gets annoying after a while. <laughs> um, I mean, he's an over-exaggeration of right. a teenage boy, so I get right. it. I just, there are times where I just like, don't think he's funny, whereas, like, Summer is, like... 
And maybe it's because they're minor characters, like minor main characters. They're not in it as much that we like like them more because they haven't had a, chi- a chance to like shove them down our throats. Ruin our opinion of yeah. them. If you wanted to pick like a favorite, favorite character. Including side characters? Who or would like... you pick? In- everyone. Ooh. I didn't think through this either. It just came to my head. Um, like favorite character of all time. Mr. Meeseeks. Or I no. <laughs> Honestly, probably Ice Tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Mr. Meeseeks. Yeah, I mean, I love Mr. Meeseeks. The existence is pain thing is too it's much so for funny. me to handle. The iced tea one's really good Ice too. Iced tea is so where funny. Where he evolves into water tea. <laughs> iced tea is not funny, which is why it's so funny. <laughs> the character is so out there and like unexpected. Yeah. No, that was a good one too. And then, honestly, I would say, yeah, I think Mr. Meese. Yeah. I would say Mr. Meeseeks by far over Mr. Poopy Bubble. I would agree. Mr. Meeseeks over. I think the Meeseeks are so funny. I would agree. Um. So, we, yeah, we've been talking about Rick and Morty for a while uh, now. I do think we have to go to the dark yeah. part of Rick and Morty. Because we can't, you can't address this show without addressing a lot of the things that, honestly, like a lot of people think they won't watch this show and they think it's terrible to watch because Mm -hmm. there's a large part, I'm not going to lie, there's a large part of the fan base that's awful. No, I agree with you. And like an extremely sexist, like ableist part of the fan base. Yeah, so I think one of the things that really, and I don't know how this happened, but there is a part of the fan base that um, has kind of like valorized Rick as a character. They say he's like an uber nerd, he's a shit-talking asshole, he's too smart to abide by normal societal rules. And people have, like, idolized that, which is bad. Well, that's You're the not thing. supposed like, to idolize Rick. Rick is a parody, and they don't see him exactly. as that. Like, Rick is an alcoholic, exactly. like, scientist that is, like, not a fully-fledged human being. And he admits that multiple times, that he's, like, too fucked up to be a good father or a good grandfather. And that's why he treats Morty the way he does. One of the things I think that's really hard, too, is the same fan base that has valorized Rick and, like, idolizes him as a character are the same kind of people that are like, oh, you need to be smart to understand the show. It's like saying you need to be smart to understand the Big Bang Theory. There's nothing scientific about the show. It's entertainment. Big Bang Theory is terrible. Right. But you get what I'm saying? Like, it's a show about smart people. 
a smart person. You don't have to be smart to watch it. He's not talking about anything that actually is, like, real. None right. of the shit he says Nothing is that... actual real science. It just words strung together. Um, one thing I also think is really interesting along the misogyny lines as well. So, if you think back, and obviously this was several years ago now, to um, the release of season three. Yeah. So that's 2018. Season three? 17. 17. Um, there was a harassment campaign against the show's writing staff because they began to include more female writers. And the show's fans were going out of their way to harass online these female writers that were brought on the show and they blamed these female writers for saying oh season three is going downhill and destroying the show because they brought on these female writers so the female writers were basically being doxxed and harassed online to the point where dan Harmon came out and said that he was just like pissed off at Rick and Morty fans. The literal, the show's creator had to come out and say that he was upset with how the fans are behaving because it was so out of control. What's really interesting to me is I'm reading this article that you posted about it. Um, mm-hmm. The article that you have is from 27, late 2017. Um, mm-hmm. In 2018, Dan Harmon um, was accused of like sexually harassing a writer in community. So, right. like, and he did it. Like, he's admitted to doing it. And he actually, like, wrote a really yeah. heartfelt apology explaining, like, where he was. I remember the apology from the community staff. And she's out. forgiven him at this point because, yeah. Like, he, he was very, like, open and honest and, like, um, like, he behaved as a person that was actually apologetic right. about it. And he, felt bad about it rather right. than some of this nonsense. So I just think it's interesting that like obviously it shows his growth as a person that like because mm-hmm. the situation happened before 2017 obviously before he came out against like, right. what was happening to these writers. Um, so it shows kind of like how he's grown that he's like standing up more against misogyny like having been a person that took part in it. Yeah, I think that is that is one thing that's really interesting. Like Dan Harmon being like realizing that he's been he part was of the in problem. The wrong. That he has been part of the problem and, he is, and he's trying to actively, He has been like, a part of the problem. Right yeah. that problem. By making I, sure that there are more female voices heard yeah. in a male dominated field and also trying to bring those voices to the show that is unfortunately like Well, also Adult Swim as a network in particular has a really bad reputation of mistreating their female writers regardless of the show. I would say up until this point when Dan Harmon like really came out and said something. Mm-hmm. I would say that 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 is a lot of yeah, am I still not particularly happy about the the choices he made at that time? No, I mean, I'm no, not happy about it. I either. think he's growing and trying to do better and trying he's trying to do better. Yeah, and I appreciate that he sees himself as part of the problem. 
and is actively trying to fix that problem. Yeah. Between the way he acts and, like, ensuring that people are given equal opportunities. Or trying as mm-hmm, much as he can mm-hmm. to ensure that. I did make a couple notes of other just, like, minor Rick and Morty appearances mm-hmm. and other Ooh, media. yeah, let's talk about, like, general pop culture. <clears throat> Yeah, so um, obviously we mentioned the Rickmobile. Mm-hmm. That was one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen done for a TV show. So back in 2017, when the Rickmobile went on tour, they came to Challenger Comics, which is in Logan Square. It's like right off the Western Blue Line. And they parked the rickmobile outside and steve and i waited in line for an hour to get our photo taken with it (laughs) there was a lot of people that came to see it it was a really like weird pop culture type experience to go take a photo in front of this thing like people were so excited and obviously this was right at the this was, I think, right before season three came out. So Rick and Morty was like at a high point after season two. That it was all kinds of fans coming out. People were in cosplay. People like me and Steve were in our work clothes. <laughs> it was fun though. It was really. It was a lot of fun to go check it out. Um, I also made a note about how. Rick and Morty are in the music video for Oh Mama by Run the Jewels that came out in 2018. Isn't that entire, like, music video in the style? It's, like, an animated style, but it's also, like, um, kind of reminds me of, like, a Blade Runner almost animated style where it's not a traditional animation where it's, like, a more, like, futuristic interpretation of an animated Mm -hmm style but it also feels kind of like pulp fiction when you watch because rick and morty are in the like suits and everything I don't in that know video why rick and morty and run the jewels like go together but they do they really I do don't know why um i have a rick and morty right. t-shirt that's the run the jewels yeah, logo. I, I just i don't know why but it just makes sense to me that they go together it works well together yeah um, I wrote down because we we just recently watched before it came off of HBO Max. Rick and Morty are in Space Jam: A New Legacy, and they like deliver the Tasmanian Devil to um, LeBron and Bugs. Mm-hmm. They're like, we did our experiments. We don't want him. You have him. Like you take yeah. him. So they appear in that, which that cracked me up because like, that like, came out of super nowhere. Unexpected. And then um, I just wrote down Rick and Morty Munchkin mm-hmm. because uh, Munchkin is the card game. It's apparently fairly popular. I think it is. Um, I hate playing Rick and Morty Munchkin, though. I just hate playing it and with Well, Steve, Steve like, knows I'll play how it. to win every time because he's played it far too many times right. and has, like, learned. He spends too much time playing the game. He's not as fun no. to play with. Like the, Rick and Morty Munchkin on its own is a lot of fun. Not fun to see because he's uh, going every time. Exactly. Um, the two. But oh, I I will say uh, 
Mr. Poopy Butthole is a character you can mm-hmm. be in Rick and Morty yeah. Munchkin, which I think is hilarious. Um, the two I have are Rick and Morty by <laughs> Soldier Boy. Soldier um, Boy. The song came out because he like freestyled in a stream and liked it so much that he recorded it. And then um, this last year, uh, a Wendy's turned into Morty's. Um, and it was an entirely oh, I saw that on TikTok, um, like restaurant, um, and it was out in L.A. Right? Um, it's I don't know exactly. It's in L.A. area. It's um, what's the name of the city or the town? Pa- Panorama City. Um, I don't know exactly where that is. But they had an entirely, like, Rick and Morty-themed menu where they sold a Pickle Rick Frosty. Um, And then they, like, redid basically all of the packaging. And the logo has, like, Morty's face with the Wendy's girl. I remember that. Yeah. Um, So all of the packaging was redone. And then the employee uniforms were redone for that. And you basically drove through, like, a drive-thru LED, which was, like, all screens Mm -hmm. um, of, like time travel essentially um but yeah it's like a super intricate and i think that the line was like hours long to be able to go in there i remember when that was on my tiktok feed because people were talking about it because it was they were saying they waited like two hours to go to morty's and i was like oh my god i don't have that much oh i wouldn't have done that um but yeah i just it it looks really really cool though thing that they did with them um do you have anything else you want to cover? There's no, but like thinking just before we finish, like thinking of that, they have done such a cool job of branding mm-hmm. for Rick it's and like Morty between marketing. I want to say like, this show is it's a really good yeah, show. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's really well done. It's really smart in the way that they write the comedy. And I definitely think it's worth watching. For sure. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to say this as though like, oh, you shouldn't watch. No, and it. I don't like, think I feel the shows like most people really have good. watched it at this point. So like, I think the assumption I mean, is like, if you're not watching so. it, you just are choosing not to at this point. And if you're choosing not to, you should That's try. Fair. I think it's worth trying. Yeah. At least get to season two because season two is the best season. Uh, season two is good. Season five's been pretty okay. good too. Cool. I think that covers it for this episode. Yeah. So with that, uh, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. And if you're feeling extra saucy, you can write us a written review. If you write us a review, we'll read it on the show. Do we have any reviews to read? Never. No, we don't. (laughs) We never have any reviews to read. Send us a DM. So... If you're not totally comfortable writing us a written review, send us a DM. Uh, If you listen through the songs, you can find all the ways to contact us. If you contact us, we'll contact you back. We love interacting with you guys. Cool. So we'll see you guys next time. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, 
You can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.